When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Green Bay. Alan Lazard, I guess, spotted in a sling, uh, left the game with a shoulder injury. The offense in general against Washington, which was in a good spot, if you ask anybody, uh, was in a good spot. The secondary for Washington, not very good. Okay, not very good at all. Uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers looked absolutely abysmal. The passing game looked absolutely awful. As a matter of fact, the run game looked bad. Everything looked bad. Uh, for the Green Bay Packers. But, man, Alan Lazard, who is – it's already a thin wide receiver room, Matt. Like, if he's not available, what does this offense look like at all? Yeah, Lazard has basically been the one trustworthy player for Aaron Rodgers this year. You know, Romeo Dobbs had some flashes, but he's really struggled to beat man coverage. You know, he's above, like, the below the NFL average and success rate versus man, as we talked about uh, with his in-season tracking and reception perception. He's really gotten right. worse the longer he played, which is to be expected. He's – a third day three rookie like he's not Mm -hmm. about to come out there and be your answer and you know it's like great that you got something out of him but this he's actually uh like been good on like short routes but they're never on the same page down the field you know even if Romeo Dobbs is open he's not in the right spot it is what it is like uh, Rogers is I mean at this point got to be sick of playing with old Romeo Dobbs but like there's no reinforce like unless they trade for somebody there's no reinforcements coming you know I mean this is the this is the bed that the Packers have made and they have to kind of lie in it now at this point. Right. Because they traded, I said, look like in hindsight, it is a little wild that the Packers in the middle of this championship window, you know, get a trade request from Devonte Adams. Who's like, I'm not going to play for you guys anymore. I really want to go play for the Raiders. Like, you know, and, and they just are like, okay, that sounds good. Like we'll, we'll get draft picks back because, I mean, it, how many times do NFL teams tell off tell players like, okay, that's like we talked about with Elijah Moore, different, totally different levels of players, but like, you know, they're like, uh, you want to get traded? That's nice. Don't we don't care? We don't care. You're playing for us. Like, I want. It's crazy that the Packers, who franchise tagged Devontae Adams, weren't just like, no, nah, you're playing for us, okay? Um, maybe uh, would have held out, whatever. I don't know, but it's just so much of that offense was built around Adams and they have no viable replacement for it. And also I don't think Rogers has played well this year. And, you know, maybe it's because, yeah, I mean, obviously not, but it's it's not like, that's not like a revelatory thing to say, but it's not just a, wow, this situation is holding him back. He's actively making the situation worse. It it makes me want to like, I don't know, like gouge my eyes out when I like think about what the Packers did this off season. You're like, 
this is the year. This is it. Whatever you think your window is, your window's 2022. And if you thought the window was longer, then you're stupid. The window's 2022. This is what you got right now. Let's go for it. You, you just paid Aaron Rodgers big money. You've got Devontae Adams. You've got Aaron Jones in his prime. You've got a young upcoming stud in, in A.J. Dillon as well. Your offense with Devontae Adams looks pretty damn stacked. Without Devontae Adams, it's the wide receiver room is a trash heap. Yeah, and it's, no viable replacement. I mean, right? Because Christian Watson, correct? Christian Watson, even in an in a best case scenario, if you've liked Christian Watson, I think you had to kind of admit, you know, that developmental he's player. a developmental player. Yeah, he's right. a developmental player that's going to take some time and was not ready to, you know, like he was not George Pickens who was ready to take the NFL field from from the jump. You know, so right, just didn't make a lot of sense. With like, if this offense had, uh, I mean, just to say Jordan Love, like Jordan Love was starting quarterback there, like, and they're doing all this window dressing and all this, like, all right, de- we're developing younger receivers, you know, we're trying to get around. So probably mm-hmm. wouldn't be very good, but at least it would make sense. The right. fact that you have a veteran quarterback who wants more and more control, especially now because his number one receiver is no longer there, uh, right. playing with these these developmental receivers and 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 you know whatever. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It also doesn't make sense that they can't run the ball well. Like this was the first week pretty much all season. They've actively tried to get Aaron Jones the ball and their defense is not as good as it should be with uh, some of the talent they have over there. So pretty much Green Bay in a bad spot. Who who do you think is more likely to turn things around, James, the Packers or the Bucks? Um, Probably the Bucks. The Bucks, the Bucks are a head scratcher to me. Visually, Matt, nothing looks wrong. And actually, too, it's like even when you look at the box score, you're like, okay, Mike Evans had a pretty good game. Chris Godwin had a pretty good game. And then you look up and you're like, wait, what? They had three points. Like, what? <laughs> like, what the hell happened? Like, what the hell happened? And it's the same thing from last week, right? We thought last week was a one-week blip, right, against the Steelers. Steelers had no starting secondary players out there. And Tom Brady could not get this offense moving in the right direction. And it's, yeah. and it's, and it's funny too, because then people will point to the Mike Evans drop on, on like the first drive and say, well, if he had caught that, his box score, Tom Brady's box score looks a lot different. Maybe that gets the offense going. I don't know, man. Um, I will bring up this one thing and I wonder if they make a change. Leonard Fournette is starting to look like he's running out of gas. Yeah. He looks like he has hit a wall and it makes a lot of sense because man, the usage on Leonard Fournette before this game was sky high. Um, mm. So, and again, remember coming into this game too, Leonard Fournette averaging 3.6 yards per carry, right? So it's not like he's been efficient, but they've just been giving him the rock, feeding it to him over and over and over again. I just felt like finally in this game, Matt, Fournette looked just, he just looked tired. Didn't look yeah. like he had any kind of burst whatsoever. They are the stone worst rushing offense. When you look at EPA per rush, um, they have not played, they have not run the ball well at all. Um, you know, obviously the offensive line, like the interior is not good. We knew that was right. going to be an issue coming into the year. I don't think like Donovan Smith, who's also dealt with injuries. Uh, I don't think he's mm-hmm. played well the entire season. Uh, obviously some of that could be due to injuries, but yeah, he's hurt. Yeah, you know, that's that's the problem, too. This offensive line, I think, is, has really struggled as a run-blocking unit, but, like, they keep trying to commit to the running game as well, which has also been a little confusing because this was one of the most pass-heavy teams in neutral situations 
do you think like the shift to Todd Bowles is sort of showing its head so far this season? Cause I think Todd Bowles is a good coach, but maybe, maybe, I mean, he wasn't, he was not a successful coach with the jets, right. But he was a good Correct. defensive coordinator for this bucks team. And, you know, overall sounded like he, you know, by and large got good, good reviews from everybody there, but right. Um, probably more of a conservative guy than uh, Bruce Arians. And, you know, I know Byron Leftwich called the plays, I know Byron mm-hmm. Leftwich is still calling the plays, but there is still a chance that it bowls the head coach, like has more of his fingerprints on the game plan, more of his fingerprints on the what they're doing in the game to the point that they are running the ball more. They're more conservative. They're not like as much of a pass heavy team. And a lot of times with Leonard Fournette, they've, it seems like they've been slamming their head against the wall from a rushing perspective. Uh, so I do kind of, I want, but that is a change though, that we could see, because this is another thing that, uh, to bring it back to Todd Bowles, he's made a couple of comments the last two weeks about like, we need to, you know, if old guys are still like hanging on to their Super Bowl glory, they might need to like, you know, get with, I'm, paraphr- <laughs> I'm totally paraphrasing, but like right. get with the program yeah. now and figure out what's Correct. happening now. He made another comment after this last game. We're going to have to, and this is more of a direct quote. We're going to have to see if the old guys can still play and if the young guys can play. And that, that did immediately make me think like, I wonder if that's a Rashad White comment. I, I mean, that's, I think there's it a is. chance. I think it is. And I would not be surprised with, with how they're playing right now. They're three. I mean, they're three and four. Like, yeah. I mean, and I get it. Like, they've had major offensive line injuries. I understand that. But you still got Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin has now returned. And, like, the offense doesn't look good at all. I wouldn't be surprised. If they wanted to quote unquote shake it up, okay, all of a sudden, okay, we're gonna have Rashad White starting. You know what I mean? Like, because that would be a, a shake up move mm-hmm. that would have very little ramifications, if you know what I'm saying. Like, you couldn't be like, hey, we're we're benching Mike Evans. Can't do right. that. Yeah, no, you can't do that. <laughs> right. You you can't be like, oh, we're benching Chris Godwin. Can't do that. Right. Like, that's not not gonna happen. Can't do that. Who can you do that to? You could do a Leonard Fournette. I know, right. and even but even so with Leonard Fournette, I think Leonard Fournette is a pretty decent player. Um, but I think they can mix in more of White. They're probably not going to say like we're going to go ahead and bench Leonard Fournette, but they right. can make they can ca- they can casually do it to like, hey, this is looking more like a a Zeke Elliott Tony Pollard type of split where we're seeing then whereas Leonard Fournette at this point has been one of the most involved backs like you know in the passing game and the running game, and I do think Brady likes him and all that stuff. So um, for sure, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, something's got to change because, man, this offense just looks weird. I don't, I really don't understand it. Uh, I don't understand. Like, again, and Matt, tell me if I'm wrong. Like, visually, when you kind of look at it play by play, you're like, okay, they look kind of sort of like what they look like in 2021. There's a few plays, certainly, where you're like, okay, Tom Brady, that will look a little odd. But overall, I think they look kind of similar to what they look like in 2021 but man the results are just way different yeah uh, results are way different and it's weird because for the most part other than the interior of the offensive line these are the guys they expected to play with hey everyone this is brett boone would you know it i've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year tune in as i sit down with my friends some of the biggest names in sports media entertainment for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations as you know baseball's been my life it's been in the family for a long time but it's a lot more than that here it's sort of like taking a ride in a golf card around a beautiful track join me every week for multiple episodes on the brett boone podcast available on the odyssey app wherever you get your podcasts all right quickly here let's talk about the colts um i think we've been hemming and hawing here but the big news today 
uh, was certainly that the Colts have benched Matt Ryan. I, I don't know. It seems kind of like a raw deal for Matt Ryan, dude, honestly. Like, he's dealing with apparently with a separated shoulder, too, right? So, like, couldn't they – you could have done him right by just being like, you know what, he's hurt. And we're going with the rookie, Sam Ellinger, Ellinger, who looked really good in the preseason. And, you know, we'll, we'll reevaluate when the time comes, you know, uh, it's just, but they were like, oh, no, 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 no. We're replacing Matt Ryan for the rest of the season with his unproven rookie and Sam Ellinger. Uh, I just felt like, wow, that was kind of like a mean way to go about, uh, you know, kind of breaking that news down. But uh, but your thoughts here on pass catching assets now. Uh, Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, and I guess I, 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 all of a sudden, you know, you, you've got um, what's Paris his, what's Campbell. His face? Paris Campbell <laughs> has re-entered the chats. Like, what is going on here? Yeah, so there's a lot to there's a lot to pick on here. Um, by the way, it's a six round pick the Jets are giving up for James Robinson. So not not much Nothing. to give up to to, to wow. get James Robinson there. I'm su- kind of surprised that the Jaguars just like <laughs> just gave it up. Just gave just gave him up for. For nothing. Wow. Um, you nothing. Know, that's pretty crazy. Nothing, Very weird. Nothing, nothing. Um, um, okay. So, so on the Colts thing, this is a, yeah. a wild situation. Um, and I, I think there's so much to pull on here uh, for, for this team because okay. man, you know, I, this was one of those things. Like I was actually happy to be on Twitter for, for this, you know, I was happy to be kind of paying attention <laughs> to it. And um, okay. Cause at first it was like, are they benching Matt Ryan or is he just hurt? And, it sounds like like nope. We were gonna bench Matt Ryan even if he didn't have this this shoulder strain. But a couple of lines really stood out to me about uh, this. He's Stephen Holder, who's uh, reporter on this team for a long time, you know, he said yes. that Frank Reich and Chris Ballard had a long conversation with Jim Ursay uh, last mm. night, a uh, Sunday night that is, and you know they they didn't say that like oh this was Ursay's decision or anything like that. But uh, as Stephen Holder put it, Ursay's become increasingly involved the, behind the scenes of late. We know that he was a big part of pushing Carson Wentz's ass out the door. Um, right. Apparently, Frank Reich also said that he told Matt Ryan, "We did not hold up our end of the bargain. We have not delivered." That is certainly true. While Matt Ryan has hmm. not been good this year, the situation that they sold him like you're going to come here behind our big time offensive line and we're going to protect you and make this good little ecosystem for you no that has not been the case anything but the case really this offensive line has been terrible um i I don't know man i i I struggle to see how do frank reich and chris ballard come out of this one you know like they're they're going they're not they're i don't think they do either and because they're not going to they're not going to some like second round pick they're going to like a a nobody in sam ellinger six rounder a six rounder you know like in in it's week eight like we're going into week eight here this is not week freaking 14 or something like that like this by all accounts looks like a white flag move like i know why they're not starting nick Foles because he's nick Foles and he's basically the worst like matt ryan but worse right now um, they they're clear. They want to like have somebody, I think, with some mobility back there. Sam Ellinger That's ran for like thirty correct. plus touchdowns. Yeah, that seems right. to be what it is. But like, man, you still got to throw the ball. And like, they had been running this like up tempo, you know, no huddle, a pass first offense the last couple of weeks. They win one game, they lose one game. I, can they really still run that style of offense without Matt Ryan? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. You know, uh, we're talking about a guy, a six-round pick, 6'2", 222 pounds, out of Texas. And he had a great preseason, though, Matt. You know, they actually had designed quarterback runs for Sam Ellinger in the preseason. Um, so I think the coaching staff has an idea of what they want to do 
with Sam. So they're not just throwing them out there. It clearly, I to your point, is a move because their offensive line stinks right now. So the mobile, mobility will certainly help uh, with this offensive line. Okay, now that being said, well, first of all, can I get some of his backstory out of the way? Because his backstory is very, it's sad, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, his dad died at 46 years old in a heart attack while he was competing in a triathlon back in 2013. So relatively recently, okay? And his dad oh, was just 40, yeah. 46, 46, died of a heart attack during a triathlon. Okay, so that's sad in and of itself. But then his brother also died in an accidental overdose last year um, when his brother was just 20 years old. It was a fentanyl overdose. So, man, this is a guy that has dealt with a lot of tragedy in his life. Football apparently has been kind of his safe haven. So he's got this real sad backstory. And no matter what, you got to root for a guy like that, right? You got to root for a guy like that. And as I mentioned, had a great preseason, had a great preseason um, Mm -hmm. as well. Okay. Now that being said, uh, the great Lance Zerline, who writes for NFL says at best, this is a, an average backup quarterback at best. He's an average backup, not a good backup, an average backup. Uh, and certainly when you pop on that tape, man, uh, dude, that the, the arm strength is not good. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Not NFL level arm strength, dude. I mean, it's like he reminds me of a bigger, stronger, faster Taylor Heineke. Uh, that that was, strength, was exactly what you were making me think of there because of yeah. the mobility and like the, the, the lack of arm strength. Yeah, it's it's real, man. It's real rough. And I, I don't know, man. I, what are your thoughts on Michael Pittman? Because honestly, I'm worried. I'm, I'm terrified for Michael Pittman. Well, you know, you're, you're making me think of the fact that he's one of like a small handful of receivers. Only three other guys that have run 100 plus routes and haven't had a target 20 plus yards downfield. I saw that stat from Rich Rebar this morning. Uh, it sounds like with all the, uh, I mean, maybe, hey, maybe if uh, if Ellinger's got the Heineke gene in him. He'll still yeah. throw it. He'll still play like he's Josh Allen, if he, even if he's not Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I, you can't feel great. You know, this is the thing, like I said this this morning, j- like the, the second option, door number two, if it's a different quarterback, it doesn't always mean it's a better quarterback. Like different isn't Correct. always better. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely concerned for Michael Pittman. And those like 16 target games on pure crossing routes that we were getting with Matt Ryan under center. Like, we're not, we are not going to get those with, uh, with Sam Ellinger under center. So no. definitely a problem for Michael Pittman. Um, you know, he should, I'm, I, you just have to hope that he comes in there and just locks in on Michael Pittman and like yeah. that he's aggressive. They run him, they get him on the move, you know, on play action, boot him out of the pocket. And, um, that's how they do the offense. You know, so far right now, Matt Ryan is, uh, has the seventh most plays against man coverage this year. I, I think you have to hope that, you know, Ellinger, you know, is a guy that they're going to play a ton of man coverage. They're, they're going to be nervous to play man coverage against because of the mobility. And you have to kind of hope that that is uh, a big part of it there. But, uh, so we know Michael Pippen could beat man coverage. We know, um, you know, that mobile quarterbacks typically beat up on man coverage, but I don't know, man, I'm, I'm definitely, it's a concern for sure for Michael Pittman and like Alec Pierce, Oh, he's in the dirt. Huge, Alec Pierce yeah, is in the, con- he's yeah, huge concern. Yeah, it's forget it. Like his, I mean, something would have to change in, in terms of his usage and game for Alec Pierce to do anything for the rest of the season. Cause yeah, again, he's all deep shots. 
I exactly. It's all deep shots with a quarterback that can't get the ball deep. Right. Like I don't, I just don't see it. I mean, and again, maybe they utilize them in a different way. It's it, which is possible. You have to kind of hope that it's like a little bit like 2021, you know, a quarterback who's erratic, they're running the ball really well. And they're like making plays off play action. And we've kind of seen that experience with Michael Pittman, but it, it elevated nobody else. And, you know, for yeah. all of Carson Wentz flaws, he's probably still better than Sam Ellinger. So that's where yes. we're at with Michael Pittman, which we're pretty, we're translation. We're down bad. <laughs> the, the Colts are now on their seventh starting quarterback since 2018. Their seventh starting quarterback Outrageous. since 2018. That is crazy. That if you want to know how to get fired as a GM and a coach, that's it right there. Yeah. <laughs> right there. All right. Hey, listen, our time does run short. Uh, great show today. As always, we're going to catch you guys in a couple of days here. Uh, be sure to like and to subscribe. Rate the podcast as well. Go to reception uh, perception.com. Uh, if you have not already, check out our great offerings there. All right. So for Matt Harmon, I am James Go. We'll see you.